from London, I'm... Oh, no, sorry, that comes at the end. Uh, Why not? Why not say it at the beginning as well? Hello from London, I'm Peter Stewart. Welcome to today's episode of Get A Better Broadcast Podcast and Voice Over Voice, our A to Z, as we lurch headlong up to episode 1000, not long to go now. And uh, we're talking about the different words and terms that may be used in the voiceover lingo, in the voiceover world, whether it's production, presentation, uh, biology, maybe it's part of your makeup. We've looked at cysts and things before as well. And also today we're going to be looking at eye-brain-mouth coordination, what that is. Also an emphasis list, starting off today's a little bit shorter episode on ellipsis. So we've spoken about, haven't we, before about marking up a script and how you do that and why you do that and the usefulness of doing it essentially it helps you remind yourself what it is that the producer wants the director wants how you make the script come alive how you make the story the story verbally with what it is you do with your voice how you present the information so it's easily understood an ellipsis is the marking on a script dot 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 which usually shows that a pause is required uh, between between certain words, maybe before a kind of a punchline or a sub-clause, that kind of thing. Now, you don't have to use dot, dot, dot. You could use a slash uh, down, diagonally between the words. You could use a dash across, like a long hyphen. Uh, you could circle something. Whatever you choose as a way to remind yourself, as an aid memoir, to remind yourself what it is that you're going to be doing when you reach that particular point in the script. But uh, ellipsis, dot, 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 between uh, various groups of, of phrases or words. Usually you've got a dot, dot, dot going into a phrase and a dot, dot, dot coming out as well, unless, of course, it's that phrase which ends the sentence. An emphasis list. Yeah, this is where an author wants to stress a point and they add an emphasis list, like the country was utterly, totally, demonstrably broken. Yeah, an emphasis list. And what you've got there, usually a group of three, because this goes back to, boy, oh boy, kind of Roman times when they were deconstructing the art of oratory. And what sounds good to the human ear is usually a list of three uh, like uh, Mary, Mungo and Midge, yeah? uh, th- that kind of thing, where you've got three things in a row which work really well. It just sounds good. It's got that beat. It's got the rhythm, which is really, really good to the human ear. And, of course, Shakespeare used these kind of uh, oratorial techniques a lot in his works. And when you're reading that, then there is a certain way that you've got to read it. For example, it's not going to be as dramatic and you're going to lose that rhythm if you simply say the country was utterly, totally, demonstrably broken. Unless, of course, your character is asking you to throw that kind of line away. What is going to have more impact and make better use of that technique in oratory is to say something like the country was utterly, totally and demonstrably broken. Yeah, You're landing on each of those three words in that phrase. Not plonking down. You're not going to be saying the country was utterly, totally and demonstrably broken unless, of course, your character is asking you to do that. <laughs> I know it gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? Or your producer is asking you to read it that way. For example, it could be a fist on the desk speech 
from a politician. This country is utterly, totally, demonstrably broken. Yeah, it could be something that's said in anger, passion, excitement, verve. So different ways to read that, but that's the thinking behind it. Finally today, eye-brain-mouth coordination. So that's the ability to script-read fluently, accurately, effortlessly. There's another emphasis there. Uh, so, so particularly with cold reading, where someone gives you a script, uh, from the word go, you're able to pick it up. Usually not a paper script, and probably not one you're going to rustle like I did there on microphone, but where you're able to pick it up and essentially what you could do, particularly in a presentation, a live presentation situation, for example, if you're a newsreader or you've got the results of something, to read it word for word with the correct emphasis, inflection, intonation, even though you don't know the words in the rest of the sentence is quite an art, it's quite a skill. And part of that, with cold reading, incidentally, is knowing about your subject, knowing what could happen, know what is likely to be there on the page, and also doing a lot of reading about, yes, that topic, but also other topics as well. Generally, reading gets you familiar with how sentences are composed and constructed, where they're likely to go. So therefore you know where a beat, where a pause, where an emphasis and inflection is likely to be necessary. Again, we looked at this back in the day quite early on, didn't we, about uh, about em- emphasis and inflection. We've also looked at a, a cold reading as well. So that eye-brain-mouth coordination. You see something, you think it, and it comes out of your mouth. The eye-brain-mouth coordination. The ability to script-read fluently, accurately, and effortlessly. I want to get a better broadcast podcast and voice over voice. Back tomorrow with more. We're looking at feedback, fluffs, foley, fricatives and the phrase from the top. As get a better broadcast podcast and voice over voice continues. Where are we? From London. Who am I? I'm Peter Stewart. <laughs>